You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, before we got into today's episode, I wanted to take a second and talk about Mother's Day coming up. I don't know about you, but I am someone who can get pretty high expectations and be disappointed when it comes to Mother's Day. A couple years ago, I remember having this idea that Mother's Day wouldn't be complete unless there was breakfast in bed. I think I checked Instagram one too many times. And so I stayed in bed and waited and waited and finally decided to get ready for church. And um, after our lovely Mother's Day lunch, I ended up, I couldn't walk and I had to go to the ER because I had a broken foot. Um, And so for the next two weeks, I was served breakfast in bed, just like I wanted, but not in the way I had wanted. And I just realized to appreciate what I have. And even if it doesn't look like what everybody else gets, that what I have is great. And to give um, our spouses and our children grace on Mother's Day, that they love us. They just don't always know how to show it. And um, those noodle necklaces and those scribbled out notes and those attempts, they all, they want to show us love and they appreciate us more than we know. Um, So I hope you have a beautiful Mother's Day. If you're looking for gifts for your own mom, our guest today, Ruth Simons, has a shop on her site, gracelaced.com. That's in the show notes. If you order something by midnight tonight, May 5th, um, 2014, she can get it to you by Mother's Day. She has beautiful watercolors with scripture that are just lovely. So in today's episode, Ruth shares about her life and how it is laced with grace, just like her blog title. Thanks for listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the God Centered Mom podcast. Today, I have fellow boy mom, you know how I like those boy moms, with me, Ruth Simons. She writes over at gracelaced.com and for the family and better mom, but this is why she does that. She is the mom to, drumroll please, six boys. Oh, my stars. We are so thankful to have her on and share some of her wisdom and her thoughts. Yay, Ruth. Ruth, welcome. Brave one. Thanks for having me. Oh, so fun to have you on here. I've been like wanting you on for a long time because I just want to learn from you. I just, you're so sweet. You're a few steps ahead of me. So tell us about just your boys. <laughs> tell us about your boys. Like, what are their ages? Yeah, well, I have um, six boys who are essentially two years apart. My oldest just turned 12, and my youngest just turned one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I never ever anticipated having six children. I grew up with one brother, and he was almost seven years younger than me. And so I almost grew up kind of like an only child and um, really just always pictured that I'd probably have one boy and one girl like everybody else. And, um, or just, you know, in my mind, I think everybody thinks that. Yes. Yes. Um, And, um, you know, I always introduced myself as being a really unlikely mom because I, it was just a job I never prepared for. I just never, um, I never really aspired. I didn't, think of it as a high calling. I didn't, um, grow up babysitting 
or changing diapers or helping with anybody else's children, um, mm-hmm. which I, I regret now, but I, um, <laughs> I mean, I would highly recommend it to anybody, um, young and desiring to be married or married and desiring to have children <laughs> just yeah. to even serve somebody else, because it's amazing how much you, um, you gain an experience when you just are around children or you just serve um, fallen little creatures um, like children. And I <laughs> like just, all of us, so, right? So yeah. I just, I mean, I fell in love with people always ask me, you know, did you just keep trying for a girl? And mm, I think yes, I think yes and no. I mean, my, my husband and I have always desired to have a daughter. And I think with all my personal interests, I kind of thought, surely the Lord is going to, um, give me a daughter because I, I love to, um, sew and paint and host teas and, and I'm artsy and girly and fashionable. And yet, um, you know, he changed my heart in the process and, um, and I fell in love with the, with the miracle of having children and having little boys was a miracle that overtook me. And, um, and I, I really, I really feel like I have a really special life now, although um, just to other boy moms who might have grieved not having a daughter um, somewhere along the way, I I readily admit I'm not one of those moms that celebrated every time. I mean, I celebrated that I, I had a healthy child. I absolutely mm-hmm. did. But I cried at every ultrasound. Um, and I mean, not ugly tears or anything, just, just, you know, weeped a little and thought, oh, you know. I'm so, and, and it took me a week to kind of gain and realize that, um, I'm so blessed, you know, but that knee jerk reaction was always like, wow, a, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't have a girl again. And, and so I just offer that to say that, um, I wasn't strong and godly with my response every time and thought it was just, you know, the Lord's will is so good in my life. And I always, I came to that in time and, um, and it's amazing how he changed my heart in that. And now, um, I look back and I, um, I just think he's so gracious because I love being a mom to six boys. Mm -hmm. And yet I would have never chosen that for myself ever, ever, ever. (laughs) You know, I just wouldn't have gone out to, to, you know, said, Hey, (laughs) let's have six kids or Hey, let's have six boys. But, um, but in the process of just, um, trying to figure it out, the Lord granted us this, um, family and, I don't know. I feel really blessed in it and learning every day. It's definitely don't have it figured out and definitely don't feel like I'm an expert at being a boy mom either. Well, and you don't just have six boys. You are educating mm-hmm. your six boys. You do like a university model homeschooling. Right, right. So, so my husband and I, um, you know, while we were researching and homeschooling, my oldest, when he was um, in kindergarten, we were just kind of researching classical education and found that there was a group here in Albuquerque that was preparing to um, talk about um, the possibility of starting a classical school here in town. And we gathered with those four other families. And, um, and before you knew it, we were starting a school. And so the school always from its conception was meant to be a hybrid model. And so we are currently um, associated with NOMS, which is National Association of University Model Schools. And it is a model where um, at the elementary school level, the kids are home three days a week and at, at school two days a week. And so when they get older, 
it flips and it becomes three days a week at school and two days at home or just more um, independent learning and stuff. So anyway, our school is called Oak Grove Classical Academy and it's here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's been and six years. Your husband is the the headmaster at the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's been really a blessing. I mean, we really, I would say, you know, in 10 year in, in a 10 year span, we had, um, we had uh, a bunch of boys. We started a church and started a school. And I, I would say that that's not recommended. And, uh, <laughs> I, I would probably not choose or advise to do that again. I think it was one of those things where, um, those amazing opportunities just kept coming and we wanted to see where they led. And, and, you know, I think that God wastes nothing and those, all those um, challenging years and all the years in which we felt like we couldn't possibly handle all of that was um, it was a season where the Lord really sanctified us and worked, worked through um, our brokenness and our lack of ability to handle it. And so, um, I don't regret any of it. I just know that it was kind of crazy and I don't, and now that I look back in hindsight, I could say church planting and <sighs> school founding probably should not go together. No. At the same time. So wow. he was, he was pastoring and teaching every Sunday and um, beginning his headmastering position and the church and the school were not, were not um, affiliated. So <sighs> they were two separate entities and stuff. So anyway, Good grief, Ruth. Yeah. Uh, so now he's he's full time with the school now. Okay. Um, and and it's it's a neat it's a neat ministry because while it's um, a job and it's an administrative job, he sees it very much still um, a pastoral role in that we're influencing families. And the number one goal um, for all of us home educators, as for all of us who are um, moms who are training and training up our children, the number one goal is not that they know their academic facts. It's it's ultimately that their lives are given to Christ, that they submit to the Lordship of Christ for their entire lives. And so, you know, it's that's the primary, primary goal is for their lives to be formed and not informed. And so um So does so he, he teach like the chapel there? Like he's like the like you said he's the headmaster, but does he also he is, the um, and we actually chose a model that doesn't do chapel um, okay. not because there's anything wrong with that, but just because we chose to, to look at it from a, you know, we're a Christian school that, that has it woven into every subject. And so we actually, and I don't know if that'll ever change, but currently we're not, um, we don't have like a, a service during um, the week. Uh, and partly it's also schedule wise. The You're only there a couple stuff. days. Yeah, so. probably there two days a week and so two or three days a week and so but he did learn um he didn't did learn latin in order to uh so yeah isn't that nuts um yeah so wow okay so doing all that stuff like you know we've gone through in our 10 years you know we've made four boys and my husband's had a challenging job and but we have not started school we have not started church a bit and i already felt like our life was falling apart and our house is falling apart and just there's only so much energy to give to so many things so do you have like are you a super organized person to manage okay so so yeah people um i often laugh and think you know people who have our lives are usually people who have a really awesome um day planner or (laughs) you know they have it scheduled out really well on their um 
on their iPads or whatever. And, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm not scheduled and in such, but, um, I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm not all that, yeah. um, I'm not all that linear in the way I think. And I don't, I don't do real well with, um, you know, it has to be this way. It has to be that way. And ironically, I would say that in some ways it's that I'm, I'm really geared very legalistically. Like I really would do well if everything was perfectly scheduled. But I think that when I've tried that, I've been a slave to my schedule. Mm. And then I am such a perfectionist about schedule and about doing it perfectly that I end up putting my hope in that and think that my family's going to be ruined if we don't eat dinner at a certain time or if we don't have family devotions at the exact same time every night. And um, that pressure actually has um, that kind of pressure actually makes it worse and makes it harder for me. I totally get that. Like how the, the schedule and the, yeah, I mean, there's this, like there's this part of me that likes the routine and doing the exact same thing every time so that, um, I don't have to think (laughs) like that my brain can go in automatic, but then there's this other side of me that I do think, when we have to be at certain places or things have to be done a certain way that I do become a slave. And then I would go into like task master mode and start yelling at everyone. And right. that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. You know, I think and we haven't, of- we haven't even mentioned that you're, you really are an artist. I mean, if you guys follow Ruth on Instagram, which you should, if you are on Instagram, that should be an automatic follow right there. She, it's like a little piece of grace in your day to see whatever, Ruth is putting up there, whether it's like a little picture of her home, which I think is amazing or her art, which is, I'm so not that. And so I love it. Like I am in awe of the beauty that you create with paint or, you know, just the, you're really real about when you're struggling. Um, you know, I'm, I'm human. I'm sure my Instagram isn't this way all the time, but I think of my Instagram really as an opportunity to not simply showcase myself, but, or my work, but to really, um, really do as my mission says that I want to see God's grace woven through and laced throughout my life. And, and, and in doing so, we're really proclaiming that to anyone who's looking on. So the, so the, just because something's beautiful doesn't mean we have to stress out and envy it or feel inept in our own life. It means that we can praise the Lord for it and say that little bit of beauty points back to our creator and points back to Christ and points back to how he makes beautiful things out of ugliness and out of brokenness and out of things that shouldn't be all that pretty and all that, all that beautiful. And so, or even just like the mundane, like I exactly last week, I think you had a picture just of your sweet little one-year-old peering around the corner as you got to nap time Yeah, and it was strikingly gorgeous. And it was what we do every day. Right. And we don't notice it. And we think, we think, you know, I'll take a photo when it's something more like, you know, when I've got the table set perfectly, which there's nothing wrong with that yeah. because it's beautiful and you want to remember that you set the table perfectly. But I crawl up the stairs on my hands and knees every afternoon chasing after this giggling kid. And sometimes it means that you're just in the moment and you don't pull out your phone and don't take a picture of it. You just enjoy it. That's yeah. every other day. But that one day I thought to myself, this is beautiful. The fact that he peers around and I can count on it. And I know that he looks around the corner and laughs at me. I want to remember this just as much as I want to remember how I set the table and had my flowers put in vases really prettily, you know? And so, um, so yeah, those are the, the, 
the everyday moments that are gorgeous and and they're not always beautiful. Like, you know, when he takes out all the Tupperware from my <clears throat> my drawers that are not uh, baby-proofed, it drives me bonkers. And it's all over the floor and there's dog hair on the floor sometimes and I have to rewash everything. And um, those are not always lovely, lovely moments. But I think when you attune your heart to wanting to see that God's grace is laced in it all, then you kind of notice it more. And so I, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's something I, I struggle with. And I think we always look to discover the things that are the hardest for us to, to um, perceive. And so for me, um, I'm naturally bent towards complaining and I'm naturally bent towards perfection and feeling like things are never good enough. And, um, and so, yeah. So do you have like more of the critical eye? Like I lent, I tend towards more of a critical eye. Like I don't see what's right. I see what's wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to like purposely, I think um, one of the things that I, um, well, you know, going a little bit back to the whole issue of routine, I don't have this schedule or the perfect um, layout of when we do what. And I don't even have it written down on a chalkboard with time and (sighs) stuff. However, we schedule so 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 the way I would say my routine is I think through um big blocks that I I I I have to have. So bedtime is a is a block of time. And partly why I bring that up is because usually at night is when we talk through like the day and that is really a time where I focus on hey I can't just talk about all the failures of the day. I can't mm-hmm. just say like you know what, we need to really work on, you know, so-and-so you, you just lost your temper so many times today or, or that wasn't kind to your brother, but to really purposely go through and think through like what we did, right. How we loved one another today, how we served one another, because in the moment, you know, you're just trying to correct a situation or in the moment you're trying to train your child or break up a fight or, um, do you guys have like, I mean, with, I feel like when you get to bigger families, you have to have a system. You can't oh just fly God. by the seat of your pants yes. and correct. Right. Like right. you have to have like a system. What is your like system or phrases you say for sibling things? Like what's your, what's your go-to little um, monologue? Well, we, we always go to um, consider one another more important than yourselves. And we always go to, um, you know, is this, is this ultimately the way you would want to be treated? You know, like, so we always reflect it back. And I think one of the systems we have is actually role-playing. We do that quite a bit. Um, Meaning if I, I don't, because I'm, I'm just like, mom, I'm a good nagger and I'm a good lecturer. So I, I'm really good at just being like, well, you what you should have said and what you should have done is blah, 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 blah. And I Mm -hmm. say all those things and they look at me and they go, Yes, mama. Okay. And then they walk off and then they move on to the next offense or the next issue. And what I've really tried to implement more is to have them reenact that whole situation that just flopped. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we do that quite a bit, you know, not every single time, but I think we do that quite a bit just so that they practice saying words that are right and practice saying things that are edifying and practice working it out and looking each other in the eye and not just saying, let's sweep this last offense under the rug and start over and who wants to go play, you know, but rather, okay, 
you know, if we're going to come and report to mom about what's going on and how I'm upset about it, I'm going to correct it by doing it the right way. And so, um, we go to, we do that quite a bit. Um, do you have like a consequence system? Like, uh, if you do this, you get this consequence. What mm -hmm. is your like handle of like name calling? That's the sure. thing that we're dealing with right now. Like in anger, they just yell out a name or call someone a name. Yeah, that's a hard one um, because I, I don't think that it's because there's such a big, wide um, range of ages. Um, I don't think I have a system in place where it's always going to be this consequence and for because they, they move together as a clump. Like this, right. aside from the baby, I would say, and even the baby is getting to be part of the gang. But because they move together as a group and usually when things go wrong, it's still currently including my 12 year old because he hasn't really quite broken off into his own world yet. He's still kind of with his brothers. And so um, consequences are kind of different because, um, you know, my, my oldest one is not going to hit somebody, mm -hmm. but my five year old might kick his brother in the shin if he's upset about something. And, you know, typically I have to really spend a lot of time getting to the bottom of what actually happened because when you have five talking people who are telling you what happened <laughs> and everybody's story might be bent a little bit differently. Um, it's so easy to jump to conclusions and assume that he kicked so-and-so means that he kicked out of anger or whatever, you know, and sometimes I just want to make sure that I don't overreact because I'm so good at overreacting. Um, and, you know, generally we, 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 we range from everything from the all out, Let's get to the bathroom and have a full on, you know, talk, discipline, prayer, all that stuff to, you know, peacemaking on the couch where the two who've offended one another have to go sit on the couch and, and work it out and truly forgive one another and make a plan for the next, um, the next time something like this comes up to, um, to Legos being a timeout, you know, to things like that. And so I wouldn't say it's, it's, um, you kind of yeah. are like you're 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 having to assess each yes. situation. And that's hard. I think yeah, it really it is hard. hard. I I sometimes wish that it was simply a matter of like, um, you know, sometimes I do wish that it was easier where it would be like, here, here's your ticket. I wrote you a ticket. <laughs> you know, pay, pay your pay, up, pay the fine. It is you know yeah. pay up by and and you know sometimes it's simple, um, but it but most of the time it's not and. I, I often imagine that it would be different if my children were older and I only, you know, had two of them and they were older and I could talk to them differently about things. But because some of them are still so young and throw temper tantrums, I still have in the home ones who roll on the ground and kick and scream. Yeah. And yet now I'm entering those teen years where I have olders who don't roll on the ground and kick and scream, but sometimes that happens on the inside. And so, so the, the level at which I have to engage and be mindful of what's required is different day to day. And so the other thing I was going to mention about routine is that I think I've really come to see that, um, I have to schedule for nothing. So I have to plan for nothing. I can't schedule my schedule or allow things to fill in a hundred percent of the time because 
you know, when the kids are really little, it seems like you're mostly busy about managing baths and diapers and dirty socks and picking up toys. I mean, that's like the majority of your time is cleaning up the spaghetti off the floor, Yeah, which I still do that. So it's not that I'm not doing that, but as my kids got older and I would say probably from like eight or nine years old on, there was a real need for, um, for time when nothing was going on so that things could come out of their hearts so that they could mm-hmm. say what's going on. Because when you're always in the car or you're always busy or you're always driving from one event to the next, or if you always have a friend with you or a family member, or when there's always something like that, or if the TV's on or the music's on or something's going on, then um, kids are just like us. They're, they can numb the pain or numb well, and I think especially that oldest, like I can see yeah. with my son, like he right. knows when I am like playing the pinball machine and bouncing yeah. from the other three's needs, wipe this bottom, clean up that mess, put right. that in the oven. And he, I know he will think I'm not going to bother her in this moment because sure. he's old enough to be aware enough to know sure. when a mom is totally busy. So yeah, I think that's really wise to schedule that. And, and do you schedule like one-on-ones with kids or? You know, I... That has been in the works for a long time. And I just weaned our baby about a month ago. And so I think that's going to get back on track right now. We're not doing it just because it we couldn't figure out how to manage the nursing um, because he wasn't taking a bottle. And I couldn't manage the nursing plus the leaving the other five with, you know, yeah. one of us. And, and it was really hard to plan out. And so we were getting creative about, so we don't ha- officially have that really wonderful date that I would love to have <laughs> with my kids where we go out for a sonic drink and then we go walk around or go, um, you know, go to the park or whatever. And currently we don't have that, but the way we do it is more just that when I, when I need to go run an errand, I, um, I strategically invite one or, you know, one or two of them, um, to come with me. And so sometimes the date involves going to the post office or going to, um, get groceries and, and that's turned into a fun time. And it's turned into a time where, you know, I I think you just kind of get to the point where you have to say, life's never going to settle down and it's never going to be not crazy. And so you've got to maximize what you do have. And so if what I have is I'm going to go get gas, every week, then I'm going to maximize that time and make it special somehow and make, you know, and that time in the car doesn't have to be me on the phone talking to somebody with my wireless. It doesn't have to be, um, me thinking, even though sometimes I just want to think, you know, but sometimes it means that, you know, the older one gets to sit in the front seat and we can, we can talk. And so that's been, that's something I just have had to learn because I, um, I, again, I'm a perfectionist and I, I remember right. having this, I've, I remember having this freak out moment with my husband where I was like, a good mom would have these date nights scheduled yeah. and, and, you know, I would go out to dinner with my son and, and then next month you would, and we would go back and forth and we would have this schedule and, and we just honestly looked at our life and said, right now that would be more costly and less of a blessing. And so how do we make, it's always it always comes back to this. It always comes back to what are the most important things and it's got to, it's got to fulfill the most important missions and everything else can be added in as we have time. But, um, 
yeah, I, I, I would drive myself crazy if I was trying to accomplish like the perfect scenario for that. Well, and right now it's se- what it seems is your boys love each other. They want to be together. They do. Um, they- and then that's a positive. I mean, I know my boys are awesome together. Yeah, we have our little fights here and there, and there's a couple that personalities clash more than sure. others, but they want to do stuff together. And you even had mentioned to me like one of your incentives for chores, I think you said, right. is that you get family time together, which. And that's been a real surprise to me because I, I get asked a lot, like, you know, what's reward for, now but we've tried, we've really tried so much. We've tried, I mean, I have, it's, it's even available if I ever want to, if anybody ever wants my printable for it, that's fine. But I just, I can't vouch that it worked perfectly. You know, I had these schedules written out. I had like this week you're on dog duty this week, you're on dish duty. And you know, we, we tried all that and I'm sure it works for some families, but because, because of the way our family is and the number of children with the ages, um, the younger ones couldn't ever do any of some of those tasks all by themselves. And so, it was, you know, it just, it basically it boiled down to, we all need to pitch in and we all need to do whatever is missing. So it, so yeah, in general, somebody is in charge of feeding the dog, you know, um, this is so-and-so's week or whatever. And, and in general, there are certain tasks that one kid likes more than the other. Like I have one kid who really enjoys being the, the bathroom scrubber for some reason. Oh, that's, know. hey, He's bless amazing. him. Bless and him. then I have one child who really loves doing the laundry. So he usually tackles the laundry for all the boys. And, and then they all fold laundry and put it together put it away together. Are you serious? Wait, wait, let's stop. Stop. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. (laughs) One kid does the laundry and then they all fold. Come on. Sign me up for that. I do help and it's not perfect and the folds are not gorgeous, right? But who cares? They're going to put it back on. It's boys. 2T is read as 12 months. And so there are times when it's not all that great. But um, Okay, let me tell you this idea. Let me tell you this idea. And it doesn't quite work exactly because we don't have a lot of clothes with tags on them anymore. I never noticed this until this lady told me. She had four boys and she would put a dot in the tag for her oldest. When Uh he passed it on to the second, she added a dot. When she passed it on the third, she added a dot. When she passed it on the fourth, she added a dot. So that they could look at the clothes and see, okay, it's four dots. It's mine. That's awesome. Yeah. But the problem I find clothes don't necessarily last to the fourth. But I know it. Um, well, we, you know, you know, we currently, um, which doesn't fare so well with us trying to sell our home, but, um, we currently have all the boys in the master bedroom. So they have a master walk-in closet that's all boy clothes. So it's all put out, um, by age. And mm-hmm. that helps a little bit because they know which part of the closet that they're hanging up their clothes in. Um, that, that just helped us because we didn't have the space or the finances to purchase nice big dressers for every kid. And so, that was just what worked for us was to put them in the master with a huge closet that they could um, hang their things up in and, and stack stuff. And, and do, you, do, do you wash their clothes like one boy's clothes and then another boy's clothes or do you mix them all together? They're all mixed together. Okay. They're all mixed together. And so, um, you know, I, I know, I mean, the thing that I've learned the most about motherhood is that it's organic and it changes. Like I keep thinking that there's going to be this one system that will work from here to eternity and I could tell all my friends and it will always work. And I don't think it ever works that way. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so, you yeah. know, my, my mothering and my, my routines for things, I'm sure will continue to change. And I'm sure I'll look back and say, 
oh, I can't believe I told Heather that I do it this way when, you know, someday it'll probably be different. But at the, but right now what works is that we, um, we all gather around and have a big folding party in the living room. And because there's not a whole lot of space, I, I can't send them upstairs to their room and expect that the clothes don't end up all over the place. And so I still, I still supervise. I don't, I don't have them just do it completely on their own. Um, I supervise while I'm making dinner, they're, they're stacking their clothes or that, you know, and I but, help. With but what things. I hear is they're together. Like yeah. what a blessing because as yeah. adults that they're going to want to come home because that's where my brothers are. And I like being yeah. with them. I always liked being with them. It was yeah. a joy. We served together. We folded laundry together. It wasn't this, I think there's a little bit of an American idea that everything has to be separate. I know that when our boys were born, they were like, so where's everyone going to sleep? Cause they knew we had four bedrooms and having a fifth, having right. a, and eating a, a fifth bedroom, right? Don't you need a fifth bedroom? And I was like, no, like in fact they share mm-hmm. all share room. Right. It was shocking that you share. And you know, even the fact that your chores, you know, I think it's kind of cool as kids look for identity and, and belonging that, I'm the laundry guy. Like my mom knows I'm really good at the laundry. I'm the bathroom guy. So they're almost finding identity in that. Sure. And what you'll hear a lot, or at least what I tell them to say (laughs) with one another is, you know, if I, what I do hear is sometimes they'll say, Hey, Caleb, would you please put the laundry I started in the dryer for me? Knowing that that was his task but it's okay to ask your brother to help you. Or, Mm, you know, mm. somebody will say, Hey, it's my week to do dog food, but I'm in the middle of something. Would you feed the dogs this evening? And so that happens quite a bit. So it's never like, you know, I I think where I was getting hung up was just that when, when I had a chart that was really specific and I, and there's nothing wrong with charts. And I really feel like sometimes that really works. It just didn't work for us in a particular season of our life. And it may work someday, but right now, it got to the point where the boys felt like, um, that's not my job. That's yours. And I'm not going to help you with it because mm. you're, you're, because your name is next to that task. And so it kind of became more like, well, I get to go watch a video now because I finished my job, but you don't. And that never worked for our family. And, and it didn't work to say for us, it didn't work. I, I didn't give my kids money for finishing a job. Um, because it really just, for us, it was breeding a sense of like, um, I look out for myself mm. and I look out for what, um, and, and there's, there's value in working hard and, um, and getting the reward for your hard work because that is life. That is grown up life. But in this particular season, I feel like what our goal is as a family has been more, um, it, I don't feel like I have to train them in working hard to gain what they want as a reward for themselves. I feel like what I need to train them on is serving one another and seeing that, um, that they, they all benefit when they bless one another. So that's, that's kind great. Of been, that's kind of been our motto. Um, which is not to say that anybody who finds a system that works out for them where they are, you know, rewarding their children individually. I, I don't know that that's all wrong. It's just that, but, well, but it's, it's nice. It's refreshing to hear a different model. Like, and I think, uh-huh. and, it, and to see that there's purpose. I think the key in anything you do as a family is what's your purpose and, and sure. to hear that sure. it's unity. And like you said, like the reward then for all working together is. Yeah. The, is, is being together. And so sometimes it's really like, I hear this all the time where they'll say, guys, 
let's get this place whipped into shape in 15 minutes because um, we can all go down the park and throw the football together. Or, mm. or they'll be like, maybe we can all go out for frozen yogurt tonight, which it's kind of cute and really fun because what their end goal is, and, and most of the time it's, let's get it all cleaned up so we can go play Legos together, all yeah. in the room together. And, and I hear a lot of times that they'll say that it just feels so good to have accomplished it together. And so I think, um, I think part of that really comes from like the words we say and they, they hear. Um, so, so I try to say, Hey guys, you'll, you'll always be best friends. So, so start now, like treat each other accordingly. Um, if I say that more than I say, well, why don't you just stay away from him if he does mm-hmm. such and such? Because I think we're all prone to saying that to be like, well, you guys just need to be separated. Just stay from, away from one another. Or mm-hmm. um, if he does that, then just ignore him or whatever, whatever it is that we all are prone to saying. Um, it's not that there's no times that they need to just actually give each other some space. Absolutely. But I think I want the majority of the words that come out of my mouth to be words that remind them that they don't have anywhere to go um, for just, hey, it's all about me. Leave me alone. But rather they have to work it out and that it's it's not going to be fun to finish your chores by yourself so that you can go off and have the reward by yourself. That it's actually a joy to experience it all together. And so that's kind of been our thing. You know, like the other day we... um, we knew that we had gotten behind on some home things. And so we all worked on it together. And then we went for a drive. We went to Santa Fe together and, um, and hit a, hit an outlet mall and just kind of walked around and, and spent an hour or two just, just doing an outing together. And that seemed like such a great reward for them. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's nothing super special, but it felt so good to come home to a clean house together. You know, that's great. I love it. Okay, so real quick before our time is up, um, I wanted you to talk about how you fit in your own art and time for that for you because you do run that shop. Right. When do you do that? Is it in the wee hours when everyone's asleep or when do you work on that? So so I, I get asked that question quite a bit and I'll preface by saying that I've always been an artist and I've always painted, but I've not done it professionally um, and regularly until... November of last year. So, you know, blogging was kind of mild and, and I, and I've been blogging for almost seven years, but, um, but opening a shop and really, you know, being a business owner, I didn't even start that until 12 years into being a mom. And so I offered that just to say that I, I don't know that I could have, um, earlier because it takes years to, get in the rhythm of what kind of home you want to run and what, what's important. And, um, mothering doesn't just come naturally. I, maybe it does for some, but it doesn't to me. And so there has, um, been a lot of learning and a lot of, um, trial and error and a lot of, um, you know, nighttime reassessing of, how I spent my day and how my hours were spent and how I don't want to be on the internet or, whatever, when my kids are up, up. So, uh, so currently, you know, I did count the cost before starting it. I, I kind of didn't realize that it was going to be, I'm, I'm currently in the mother in the mother's day season right now. Um, it took off this last week and, and I'm sure it was just because 
my artwork really is um, conducive to Mother's Day. And so um, I don't expect that I will keep up this pace all the time. But um, this last week, I really had a you know, had to reassess again and say, you know, my goal for a shop is not to do so well that I hire a nanny and work full time. That is not my goal. I don't want to be so successful that I have to hire somebody to watch my kids all the time. Like that's not my goal at all. Currently, I don't hire anybody for anything. And that probably needs to change at some point if I want to have concentrated time, meaning there's nothing wrong with having a mother's helper at home a few hours a week, or if somebody could help me package for the shop or things like that. Currently, I don't have any of that, which I would say is probably not wise right now, because right now um, I do do most of my work after the kids go to bed. And so, you know, what I choose um to do, I mean, when I choose to do that, I'm I'm saying no to some other things. So, for example, um, I, you know, I'm not going to the gym at night. Um, I I'm not going to the gym at all. I go on walks with the boys if I do anything exercise related. So, so that's an area that I has taken a back burner. I don't. I'm not really working out a lot. Um, I don't watch any movies or TV and things like that. And so, um, so really it's what it looks like is the boys go to bed at, you know, eight 30, something like that. And my husband and I come downstairs, finish up the rest of whatever dishes didn't get done. And he usually, um, answers some emails and does some workouts. You know, he does a workout in the living room or helps me package stuff up. And I either write or I, paint or I package orders and that's not every night, but, um, this last week it was a lot and I felt that it was cutting in a little bit to, um, the time that I want to have with my family. Uh, so I, I do need to reassess how to do, um, rush, rush seasons, you know, like season holiday seasons. Um, but this was my first mother's day. So I kind of wasn't, I wasn't prepared at all. I had no idea and I ran out of supplies, things like that. So anyway, um, I'm so grateful. I mean, it was really the Lord's um, blessing and provision financially for some things that were, um, were greatly needed. And so I'm really thankful, um, but I want to be wise. I want to steward it well. And, and I paint sometimes. So, so the other thing is I paint because a lot of times you have to paint during the day because light lighting, all that stuff. And so, um, that's a nap time thing or an early morning thing. So I either paint before, you know, homeschooling gets fully um, rolling and kids are eating breakfast or practicing piano. Sometimes I can pull out the brush and do a little early morning painting mm-hmm. or um, most often we do it in the afternoons when the baby is asleep because that's the hardest is when the baby is up. And so when the baby's asleep and sometimes the three-year-old still takes a nap, um, Usually I have a few kids who want to do it with me. So it's kind of, so yeah, I try to incorporate it it into not mom's business time, but really like art time where we all do it together. And um, so that's how I'm working it in currently. Well, Ruth, it sounds like to me, you are really good at doing life together, that your family is really good at just all pitching in and doing that organically. And, um, I've even seen posts or, uh, Instagram pictures where your kids are helping you cook dinner. It's not like you guys go play while I cook dinner. And, um, I just love, I just love what you're doing. I love how you run your home. And, um, I just, it's refreshing to see, you know, we all 
you to find the way God has created us to be and to mother in the way that is most natural to us and find that rhythm, a rhythm more than a structure. I've always been like more of a rhythm person. Right. So thank you for sharing that with me today and all of the listeners. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And I hope y'all keep following Ruth at Grace Laced and um, learn more from her. And as she, she likes to use the hashtag um, motherhood is sanctifying. Mm-hmm. Which, amen. And if you, if you don't know what the word sanctifying is, it's becoming Christ like after you have um, accepted the Lord as your Savior and um, are following Him. It's the following to become like Him take, is a process. And these mm-hmm. children, whoo, they strip away. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Little by little, so we yes. can look more like Christ. Um, so thank you again, Ruth. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Heather. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.